Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Dream Elite Radio. Mother of God, it's been a very, very long time. Welcome to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all my gals and all my bros in different area codes. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been a long two years, and I'll, I'll talk about it later why I've been gone for two years and why Dreamly has been gone for two years. Went dark for a little bit, but we are back, and it's good to be back here on the podcast. We had Daniel Cormier and Kobe Cummington and Doug Rose Namajunas and Pat Berry and all these great guests on the show, and it's just good to be back home on DreamLeapPro.com. If you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you're listening, thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. So DreamLeapPro store is back, DreamLeapPro.com. New gear is rolling out all this month and all this summer. Event tickets are up for purchase, whether you like um, UFC, boxing, WWE, whatever, whatever, you know, floats your boat. We have event tickets up for sale. Buy a ticket. Great prices being rolled out every single day and great discounts as well. Um, why we went dark for two years, that's a very good question. It wasn't for financial reasons. And I'll get into that. And it's been the million-dollar question that I've been asked. Like, holy shit, you're back. You're putting up gear now. You're, you're doing these articles. You're, you know, it came out of nowhere. I'll explain in a little bit and probably at the end of the show. Uh, I have great guests coming on. UFC veteran, Ultimate Fighter reality TV show, John Gunther is going to be joining me in just a little bit, just about three minutes. Um, so quick quick announcements. I'll be doing commentating for uh, the big pay-per-view event for ECF 25, live from La Boom in Queens, New York. Order it. The pay-per-view broadcast is going to be on Fight TV, Fight Planet TV. Order the pay-per-view broadcast. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a packed crowd. Last event was just lit. I had a great time especially sharing the mic with two great commentating guests. It's going to be fucking awesome. Great fighters on the card. I can't wait. Christian always puts on a banging event. I can't wait for ECF 25 live from Laboom. Order the pay-per-view broadcast on Fight Plan TV and hear my golden voice commentating the entire event. It's going to be radical. Also, special shout-out to uh, Mohamed Del Reese and uh, Alice Nicholson fighting at PS, uh, PFL from uh, Nassau Coliseum tonight on ESPN. Good friends of myself, good friends of the show. They were my podcast guests. Mohamed Del Reese has been with me since day one. He is my day one. I'll probably be seeing him before he flies back out. I couldn't make it. It was out of the realm of possibility. Uh, I wish I could be doing media for PFL. I did PFL's first show. Their first show was amazing. It was in Madison Square Garden. Had a great time. Hung out with the NBC crew. It was awesome. Loved it. I wish I could have been out tonight, but with work and everything like that, just couldn't do it. However, I want to give a big shout-out, send my love to Mohamed Del Reese and Alex Nixon, who will be fighting tonight. Tune in. Hopefully, while you're listening to this podcast, turn the volume down. Watch on ESPN. Watch my good buddies, Mohamed Del Reese and Alex Nixon, fighting tonight. I'm very excited about that. 
So uh, in just about a minute, I'm going to have John Gunther joining me. I'm very excited to talk to him. He was, I, I was watching The Ultimate Fighter, and he was the one guy. And when, when, when I saw him, so the, the best segment of the entire show was when he made a boat of water bottles, and he was just floating it. He made a raft and was just floating it on, uh, on the water, the, the UFC, <laughs> UFC house pool, which was the greatest fucking thing I've ever seen on The Ultimate Fighter. I, I was laughing my balls off, and it was the greatest thing. And he's the most unique guy. And he trains with a top team. He trains with uh, Stipe Miocic, uh, uh, Jessica I. Trains with top-tier talent. Uh, he's also a top-tier talent. I mean, he went 10-2 on the Emmys. He was also undefeated on the professionals. And then he was able to land a spot on the Ultimate Fighter House. Now, how did he do it? How did he land on a UFC's radar? to land a gig on the show. We're going to find out. I'm going to dig into his brain a little bit. And, you know, he's an intelligent guy, articulate guy, and a true artist, a true mixed martial artist, and I can't wait to speak to him. And, of course, we're going to be joined by Alina later in the show, later in the broadcast. She is my good friend, also a uh, model. She's been in a variety of different magazines and also uh, worked Madison Square Garden for, uh, for uh, Ring of Combat. So she's another big name, uh, Working Madison Square Garden, I mean, that's, that's a dream come true for anybody. Nevertheless, you know, she is going to be on the show, on the program. I can't wait to talk to my good buddy. Very, very excited about that. And it's time to bring on my good friend, UFC fighter and Ultimate Fighter veteran, Mr. John Gunther. John, how you doing, brother? Um, just terrific. Uh, just get to sharing alpacas in Montana. We got Pete on. on. Awesome, Keeps man. me man, humble. Very cool, man. What? what? what uh, I'm, right now it's the alpaca shearing season, so I'm just traveling around cutting animals' hair and uh, uh, trying to recover. So after you land in the UFC, you're not using that sweet Reebok money to like retire from uh, alpaca hunting, and uh, are you <laughs> gonna ride the UFC? You're not. You're still alpaca hunting. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I I enjoy it. Like so, uh, I, I'll probably always do it if I can. Yeah, man. So um, I have one question because you know I was watching on TV. I was a big fan of yours on the Ultimate Fighter, and you know it's, it's an honor to be talking to you. So you were racking up wins on the Emmy circuit. You were like 10 and 2. You correct me if I'm wrong. And then you went to the pros. You were undefeated. So how did you land? You're a humble guy. You come from the humble lands of Montana. How did you land on the UFC's radar to get a spot in the Ultimate Fighter? Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, I just went out and I tried out in Vegas and. Uh, uh, I think it worked in my favor. Like, I was lucky I was still undefeated. So, um, I feel like there were a lot less people trying out because just because there's not a ton of undefeated people. So, and I grew a mustache, so that always helps. If you don't have a personality, you just grow a mustache and they put you in there. The sickest, sexiest mustache in all of MMA, if I do, uh, do mind saying that to you. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, man. So I guess there's you, not a lot uh, of competition. 
Yeah, man, not a lot of competition. And you also train with <laughs> um with a great team, a prominent team. Um, so you train with the uh, the likes of Stipe Miocic, who's a uh, former world champion. Jessica I, who's an amazing ta- talent. So how do the likes of training with those guys and training with that gym help you out in getting you to this level? It, it's 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 incredible. Like uh, it, it's going crazy right now. Jessica's fighting for a title uh, this weekend, and uh, is fighting for the belt again, and. Uh, Lexi, one of the young guys, he's on the contender series. So it's it's insane that there's so much talent in uh Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And um so when when is your next fight? Cuz I, I was trying to look it up, I was trying to do research. W- when is the next time I can see John Gunther actually in the cage so, and doing his thing? Sorry, you're breaking up a little bit. I I didn't uh hear what you said at the end. Oh, I'm sorry. So when's the next time I can see John Gunther in the cage? Because we mentioned your teammates. When's the next time I can see you in the cage? Yeah, um, actually, my last fight, I, I tore my ACL. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I've just been uh, rehabbing that. And so uh, it's gonna, unfortunately going to feel – I don't know. I mean, it feels pretty good, but uh, they're telling me, like, I shouldn't do anything too crazy. So I'm, I, I got you. I, I'm, I want to listen to him because I don't want to tear it again, but but then I want to <laughs> want to fight again too. So it's it's hard. I got gotcha. you. And so just uh, just uh, kind of rewind back. What was it like on uh, a reality TV show? Like especially for a humble guy like yourself, because when I think of like a reality TV show, like I think because I'm a '90s kid. So I think because I grew up with, like, the real world, like, they're watching you sleeping, they're watching you pooping, like, they're trying to get the cast members to fight. So what was it like on the reality TV show? Yeah, I mean, it's like that. It's crazy. Like, uh, I feel like if I was a drug addict or something, this would be the perfect environment because there's someone watching you all the time. There's no doors on the bathroom. Like, you can't wake up and sneak food in the kitchen without, like, a guy running out with a camera to watch you. But uh, <laughs> I kind of miss it, you know. <laughs> it was kind of nice being the center of attention. It made you feel important, you know. You walk out yeah, and man. somebody runs out there with a camera. I want a guy following me with a camera all the time. That'd be cool. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So my most memorable spot of the show and I mentioned this before, but my most memorable spot of the show was when you made the water the bo- the water bottle sailboat, and you're riding around in the fucking USC pool. <laughs> what, yeah, yeah. What was? Yeah, man. But what was your favorite uh, part of the show? Uh, I I I mean, just uh, getting to train with all the different uh, coaches, and uh, you know, um, uh. Uh, uh, just just all the opportunity to learn new stuff, and all the all these undefeated fighters from around the country that are like meeting in one place and sharing all this information. So you, there's so much knowledge from different areas being like put together. It, it was incredible, and, and uh, you had Daniel Cormier, like he came in and he he brought like guests. Like he brought uh who's that really good wrestler? <laughs> it's slipping my mind, but uh um but he brought in all these great coaches and then 
like he let us work with the wrestler and stuff. Like I got to stay for like one of their classes with 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 the different wrestlers and stuff. So it was cool. Now, do you feel a little bit conflicted considering obviously your teammate, your brother in arms, Stipe Miocic, is fighting against Daniel Cormier? You know Daniel Cormier. Do you feel a little bit conflicted considering both of those guys are going to duke it out and do battle again? And by the way, Daniel Cormier was on my podcast. He's a great guy. So I feel conflicted because Stipe is also a great guy from what I hear from other people. But do you feel a little bit conflicted? No. And, and uh, fortunately, like. <laughs> fighting to me it's like it's a game you know it's it's strategy it's it's but it's not really personal so like uh it doesn't really bother me and fortunately you know I like I had to fight my teammate on the show so uh but uh you know every day you're going into the gym and you're beating each other up so uh it didn't no it doesn't really bother me I mean very cool. Obviously, now, I'm you, you for want, Stipe. <laughs> obviously, and, you know, Stipe is freaking awesome and a, a legend yeah. in the making. I mean, you can't beat that guy. So you, you, won your, you won the finale. You're signed to the UFC. Well, you won a fight on the finale. You're signed to the UFC. So, and I was always wondering this, too, because you've been in the game for quite some time, and you had your number of fights. So what is, what's been the experience like thus far going from – the lax regional promotions, and now finding fight, fighting under the confines of a publicly traded company like the UFC. What's been the differences? I mean, it's just actually getting paid enough money to to you know to live on. It's incredible. Like it's great. It doesn't make sense to me. It's like we're getting paid to do this. Like it's incredible. Like, it's unbelievable, right? Like it's a dream, yeah. but. Uh, but, yeah, that's the only difference. I mean, and, and obviously the UFC is, like, super organized and everything. But at the same time, you know, you like fighting for these little shows and the local shows. And uh, so, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's different, but they're both good. Yeah, yeah. So, your last fight didn't go exactly your way, which, again, bummed me out because I'm a big fan of yours. And... So what did you learn from that? Not as much as it bummed me out. <laughs> I, I know, I know, brother. I know, I know. But, like, yeah. what, what did you learn? Gain your first professional loss, gain that out of the way. Did, did you feel like the pressure got off of you? Did you feel did you feel a little bit more lax where you can now train in different techniques or try things new? Like, what what did you learn from, from your first professional L? And moving forward, how did it make you a better fighter? Um, I learned that the mullet is a, is a bad hairstyle for fighting, right? Because it's great Definitely for being not. aggressive because it's, it, 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 it's business in the front, right? But it's party in the back. So if the guy's got your back, it's bad, very bad strategically. So first thing I did, I cut that mullet, right? Because we, <laughs> we don't want, we don't, we want business on all sides. You know, we don't, yeah, exactly we want to be lackadaisical about guys taking your back. No, I just learned I need to, like, I mean, I knew this already. Uh, I'm not very strategic. And, and my fight I lost on the Ultimate Fighter um, was the same way. I need to be smart about how I fight. I was just an idiot, basically. Like, we worked over and over. We, don't throw naked kicks. Like, throw punches in front of your kick. 
And then if you do end up on the ground, don't give him your back because a lot of times I'll, I'll do that in a fight. I get away with it a lot. But obviously that's his position is, is that back. So we worked over and over. Uh, don't give the back. But then I just went out and I fight instinctually. So I really need to work on uh, applying the game plan we, we lay out actually in fights instead of just fighting instinctually. Right. And, and But that's what what I've always admired about your style, though, is you, you're able to bring these guys into deep waters and pretty much drown them. I mean, that's been your career, right? Like, that's that's been your style and your bread and butter. Right. And, that's what... and this was this... – this was the perfect matchup for me with, with Davi Ramos because if, if you watch his fight against Caveman, that, that's the style to beat him, right? But Caveman right. was smart. He, when he got taken down, he laid on his back. He, he took his time. He wasn't in danger. Uh, he just took his time, scooched his back up against the cage, got up slowly. That's what I needed to do. Uh, it's so disappointing, you know, because like, yeah. I knew what I had to do. But I'm just an idiot. No, you're not. You're definitely not. And, and when, yeah. when you come back from that ACL injury, you're gonna be back, better, ready to kick some ass. And I, I believe in you. But um, so when when you do come back, and and from a professional standpoint, because every professional cares about his legacy, what fight is the most attractive to you? Especially because you want to make that sweet Reebok money. Like what what fight? Uh, or can you see any fighter and say th- that's a guy that's going to be a great matchup for me? And obviously not from from a professional standpoint, not from a, uh, a hatred or anything standpoint. But what fight makes the most sense to you, or what what fighter would be your your dream opponent to come back to? I mean, personally, like I I don't really care about the money, I, I, but I would like I'd love to fight the toughest guy. Obviously, I got my butt kicked though, so that's not an option. Uh, right, and then I, I, I guess uh, I I always want a rematch, you know. Uh, but you know, if I could fight Joe Giannetti again or uh, somebody I've lost to, I, I'm always looking to get those uh, fights back. Or if I could fight Dottie yeah. again, yeah, yeah. And in this in this day, every, you, you know what? Like I, I can't stand too because I. I grew up with mixed martial arts, okay? Like, my biggest hero is Kazushi Sakuraba. Like, I grew up with pride and fucking, like, the olden days with Frank Shamrock ruling the game and the Gracies and everything like that. Like, I, I love the fact that you've always remained such a, a, such a respectful guy. Like, you, you're a true mixed martial artist, without, without question. So, in, in this modern day of mixed martial arts where the people that are getting paid the most money are the ones that are talking the most shit, like – and what do you what do you feel, especially because you started your career in 2012, going till now? Like, what do you feel about current day mixed martial arts, and what, what's your personal assessment of it? Um, <laughs> I don't mind. You know, I I kind of enjoy the guys that that talk a bunch of shit. Uh, I don't take it too seriously. You know what people say; it doesn't really affect me. So, um, but I mean, it's funny to me. So, uh, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, you just have to be yourself. I think and some people are shit talkers. So I feel like they should, they should talk shit if that's them. Right, right. Fair enough. So, um, 
I'm going to wrap this up because I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you're, you're busy with your own, doing your own thing, but anything you want to shout out, any new events, any sponsors, anything, I leave the floor to you, John. Oh, no. Everyone just make sure you tune in this weekend. Watch Jessica I fight. Uh, make sure, watch my uh, teammate, uh, Alexia, fight on the Contender Series. He's a beast, and everyone's going to find out when they see him fight. And uh, if you guys could follow me on, at follow me on blind on Instagram, uh, I would appreciate it because I'm desperate cool, for followers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all thank you. All, brother. No problem. John, thank you so much for joining me, man. I really do appreciate it. And I wish you the best of luck. And of course I'm going to be following you. I'm going to be rooting for you. And it's been an honor, man. Thank you so much for coming. I appreciate the, the time. Thank you. All right. No problem. It's gone through. Have a good one. You too. All right, bye-bye. Mr. Gunther, ladies and gentlemen. I is freaking awesome. <laughs> the guy's amazing. Uh, and also, big shout-out to his teammate, this guy, who will be fighting this weekend on the UFC. Please tune in. I am going to bring on my main girl, Lena, on. My main girl is going to be coming on the show momentarily. I can't wait. Can't wait to be talking to her. But thank you so much for John Gunther and shout out to his uh, teammates at Strong Style. Trains with uh, Stipe Miocic, who's a, uh, you know, he's he's a big name. He's a world champion, you know, and he fought against Daniel Cormier once. It didn't go his way. Uh, Daniel Cormier was actually on my podcast. And Daniel Cormier, great guy. Uh, they'll be fighting again for the title. I'm excited for it. Um, and hold on one second. We have Alina calling in. I think she has the wrong number. I'm going to give her the right number. Can't wait to talk to my main, my main friend, my main girl. She called my number. <laughs> Alina, I love you. <laughs> So bad. I know. Oh my gosh. Totally, totally had a brain fart right there. Oh my gosh. Luckily, I'm not blonde anymore. <laughs> nah, it's all great. Lena, how was fucking Las Vegas? Welcome back to uh, to our to our places. How's uh, how's Las Vegas? Oh my gosh, it was so busy. So hold on, let me even backtrack just a little bit, right? So. I'm in Indiana for the Indy 500, you know, a lot of cars, blah, blah, blah. I really wanted Alexander Rossi to win, but unfortunately it didn't really work out. I was partying in the snake pit, saw Skrillex, was having a really great time, right? All of a sudden, I get this email, and it's from my boss. And he's like, hey, just so you know, uh, we might be sending you to Vegas in two days. And I literally look at this, and I'm like, holy hell. Like, oh, my God, like, this is insane. Like, uh, that means I only get one day in New York City. So then my plane started getting delayed because we had such bad weather here. I almost didn't even, like, make this trip. Luckily, they scheduled me to go on Sunday for this conference, even though they wanted me to come out even earlier for a different type of conference I was there. So long story short, I went on this work trip. I really didn't want to go. I haven't been home in a while. So um, regardless, went out anyway because it's for work. Um, actually got a promotion since I, since I went, so that was really cool. Congratulations. <laughs> very Thank you good. very much. 
Thank you very much. Um, and just so like Wait. other people that don't know, I guess I do model, but I am in the, in the technology field. I'm a director of technology um, for a global technology company. So I went out to Pago World and it was really, really great. Um, met a lot of contacts, had a lot of fun, um, but I was really exhausted and I actually did get food poisoning <laughs> while I was there oh. as well, just for the morning. Oh, yeah. So I missed like all the meetings. Um, anyway, and then the that same day I had food poisoning, I am partying in a club um, in Omnia in Vegas, which I've never been there. It's like crazy. I've been to many clubs around the world, and I have to say that club specifically is one of the most beautiful clubs I've ever seen. Um, but, yeah, yeah, then I was partying with the other DJs, Loud Luxury, which was a total surprise. Um, and now I'm back. I actually came back at 5 o'clock in the morning. I actually left yesterday, their time three-hour difference, 9 p.m., and I came back today at 5 a.m. to just crash in my bed. <laughs> Holy shit. So, so um, by the way, and, and brush her shoulder off for me because uh, Lena, although she, she works, she's college-educated, she does modeling, she just worked MSG, brush that shoulder off for me, please. So you, 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 you <laughs> traveled over the place, and, like, where have you been? Like, I saw, like, Spain and some other shit. Like, where have you been? Where has modeling and, like, work have taken you? Um, so just on my personal travels and work travels, I've been to most, most ever, I mean, almost everywhere in Europe. Um, I've been to Asia. I went to Japan last year. That was a lot of fun. Um, I've been to a lot of islands. Um, only really the place I haven't been is Alaska um, and South America, um, which I would love to go one day, um, um, much, much like down there, like Argentina. And so, um, so that's kind of where my work has taken me. Um, and then on the modeling that's what has taken me down more to the islands because I started as a beach model um, with a little bit of lingerie and it kind of like grew from there. Um, I also got to do a beach photo shoot in Ibiza last year. So that was really, really, really fun. Um, and the first place I really, really went uh, for my first time when it comes to modeling to like a different place besides New York, it was Florida. So that's kind of Florida actually got my start on like work, work modeling trips. Right, right. So, so I have to mention too because this is the one reason where I made like a mental note, and I'm like, I got to bring this girl <laughs> yeah. onto a podcast if I ever bring back my podcast. So, like, conversation over drinks about how you went from somebody who wasn't confident in front of the camera to being in magazines working MSG. Like, so, like, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, how the fuck are you not confident? Like, how did you get from point A to point B where you're so confident? that you were doing all these modeling shoots, being in magazines, and then working in Madison Square Garden, which is the, the craziest concept to me. Like, how did you go from point A to point B? I wish I asked you this question when when we hung out. Yeah, no problem, no problem. So uh, that that's definitely a little bit of a story, too. I was in, oh, my gosh, I was probably the most insecure person ever, 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 ever. I was actually really dating, I was dating an abusive guy. And uh, he really tore away all my confidence. Just, you know, he, he was the one that um, was always telling me I can't really model. I'm not, I'm not pretty enough. My, my hair is too short. Um, my makeup sucks. My eyebrows are weird. I'm too fat. Like, I, I and I was really just, I don't even know, like, thinking back now, like, now that um, <laughs> I guess I have a little, I'm, I'm not in love with him because love makes you do crazy things, unfortunately. And I really right. wanted to change this guy. Um, to really be like the, the envision of what I want to be. So that, that whole entire lesson actually also taught me that I can't change n no single individual. If they're not perfect when you meet them, then it's probably not really going to work out. Uh, Cause after that relationship, I've met wonderful people. 
um, got into another relationship with a guy that was totally perfect for me, but I didn't want to move over to the seas. Um, he was living right. in the UK and I just couldn't do it. But long right. story short, on, on this episode of this, this guy abusing me, I reached out to someone that I felt like could be a father figure, but not exactly talking to my father because I didn't really want my father to go and beat the shit out of this guy and like end up in jail. <laughs> right, right. So, Nobody wants home, that. Nobody wants that, yeah. So uh, I, We're both I called, Polish. We're both Polish. We know this. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you know. My dad would, would flip I know. out. So it's oh, yeah. not going to work. Uh, yeah, so I uh, called Ramon, and he was actually my neighbor at the time. And you've actually met Ramon behind the lens. And he really started this journey with me um, being a model. And uh, he told me one day, he was like, you know, like, what's wrong with you? You have so many different kinds of issues and this. Like, get rid of this guy. I got rid of the guy. I really started following his advice. And he was really this father figure that I needed um, at the time to kind of pull me out of this hole. Uh, he started taking my photos and telling me I'm beautiful. And that's really what I needed to hear from the opposite sex. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we all, we all are, you know, needy for affection and, and, and for love. I mean, it's just, it's just part of being human, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, um, but that's how I really got into it. It just took Ramon to really show me what I didn't see when I was looking at the mirror. Yeah, and I, I really dig that. And I, I respected you from the moment I met you. But, like, that, that conversation I had with you, like, really set it home. But um, that, my, my one question I, I wish I, I asked mm-hmm. you is how, how did you get involved with MMA? And, how, like, how nervous were you when you finally got out there and you're holding the cards and you're like, was it like, holy shit, like, I'm in front of all these people? <laughs> like, what was it like? Oh, my God. It, it was – oh, my – I was uh, contacted by ECF, um, Extreme Cage Fighting, uh, mm-hmm. by one of Christian's partners. And Christian, he owns ECF currently, uh, has made a really wonderful company. Um, but, yes, yeah, so he, his partner uh, contacted me one day, and I was like, you know what, what is this? And I was 30 pounds heavier, mind you, because I actually lost 30 pounds last year. Um, so I was, you know, a little bit more chunkier, and I was just really getting into this kind of scene. And so I, I, just, I went out there, and I was pursuing this confidence and I just had so much fun and I looked around and the people were cheering and you know people came up to me and telling me I'm beautiful and that was just really really nice because I was totally gonna I was gonna think the opposite um that people would kind of be like uh kind of messed up I guess towards me however you can take that in connotation uh and then my little brother he is actually uh going for his black belt at Tiger Shulman's he's into these things Yes, and he competes and things like that. So Lou Neglia, he uh, actually had my brother fight for uh, one of his shows, Capital, here in New York City. And it's so funny because I, uh, I was just hanging out, and he actually came up to me, and we just started talking. And then he asked me if I've ever ring carded before because he told me I have this look. I have this superstar look. <laughs> and I started laughing. <laughs> and um, he actually gave me my first gig. So on the next Capital, I was the ring card girl. And then he loved my performance so much. I guess I'll do it a little different. I have this, like, little hop that I do. And if you look at all the videos or the next time um, I come to a show. I know the hop. There's... I know the hop. Okay, so you know the hop. Okay, okay. So there's a little hop that I, I know do. The hop. And it's just... <laughs> so it's much different than any other ring card girl. So I guess he really liked uh, just my spirit and my energy and my smiles. And that's what a ring card's supposed to do. You know, she's showing you the rounds, yes. But I do also, I'm trying to get that energy up with a really big smile and trying to get everybody else to smile and taking photos afterwards with fans it's a lot of fun yeah absolutely so you've been in magazines you work the ring um so from from a professional standpoint and i think i mentioned this um mm-hmm. i i love your artistic approach to how you take your work 
But like, what what is on the horizon for you? Like, what, what exactly is? Because you mentioned a bunch of different things, but like, what what exactly is on the horizon for you? Where you plan on taking this? So, how far are you willing to go with this? Hmm, that's actually a really good question. Um, gosh, I mean, it's almost like endless possibilities. And I kind of, it's so funny that you say this because I kind of run into something called not having enough time in the day. <laughs> and right, everybody right. knows this. Everybody knows this. All Polish people have this. You and I who are perfectionists, we have this problem. <laughs> so I get it. Trust me. Exactly, exactly. So, gosh, if I didn't have my, my career job, um, you know, the, the tech woman with the MBA going off and, like, going on trips all the time, and if I was actually staying in New York City a lot more than I really do, I mean, I've only been home for two days out of this month. So that's kind of nuts. And, and for this month coming up in June, I don't get back until the end of June because I'm actually going to Miami uh, the, uh, after this weekend. And then I'm going to be in Pennsylvania uh, the following week. So that means I don't get back until the last week of June. So I'm just really busy. And I, that really sucks for me because all these photographers and other magazines and other companies, they, they reach out to photo shoot me. But it's like I'm just not here. Um, so I'm very selective of what I pick. Uh, but if I had more time, I think I could really take this to, I mean, to the highest it could possibly go. But if it was my only thing I was doing, uh, I do like having, you know, like I meet a lot of models in New York City and they really are just trying to be a model, but they're not making any money. They're not, you know, who knows? They might live in the slums. I don't know, unless they're lucky and, you know, mom and dad are helping, which is great, you know, but that's not, that's not me. Um, I had to put no. myself through my MBA, my education. I, uh, I I was freaking homeless for a part of my life. It, it just I've been through a lot of different things to get to where I am. So my day job is really the beef of what I do, right? Um, but it doesn't yeah, look absolutely. like I'm a full-time model online, I have to say. Um, on the horizon, I have a Playboy uh, shoot that uh, is being released here, I think, in about a month or two. I would have to check with the photographer. but. Um, so, yeah, so that's the South Africa branch of Playboy. So that's really cool. No nudity, just like really, really nice um, sets of pictures in a jacuzzi, which are really hot. And I can't wait to release them on Instagram once it's published because, unfortunately, I can't put anything out there until it's actually released in the magazine. So I have a lot of work like that to be able to, to actually post. Um, yeah, and then just more like ring carding and more ma- more different other types of magazines and then I'm actually planning to go to an island for a photo shoot too I'm going to go to this little island off of Mexico it's called Holbox Uh, so that's on the horizon in the next two months as well holy shit my Polish queen you are killing it congratulations (laughs) that's awesome wow holy shit okay so we not want to take a lot of your time I know you're with your photographer the great Ramon that you told me about and I'm glad that you know I'm glad that he's doing all your work because obviously he does incredible work shout out to Ramon you can shout out his Instagram at the end of the show. If anyone wants to be a model, get shot by Ramon. Please, for the love of God. So, all right, really now. Now, here we go, the Pepsi Challenge, okay? Before you go, I have uh, some rapid-fire questions for you. Um, are you ready? Oh, God, okay, sure. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Okay, I'm going to pull it out of a hat. So I put 30 questions in a hat, and I'm going to pull out seven of them. Lena, are you ready? Okay, yes. Okay, perfect. <laughs> all right, number one. Favorite food? Mm, pizza. Perfect. No, lobster. Okay. <laughs> lobster. Okay. Indecisive like me. Perfect. Number two. You know, what is your favorite movie? Mm. Blow by Johnny Depp. <laughs> oh, that's a great one. Ooh. <laughs> oh. All right. Numero three. 
<laughs> this is a great one. Worst pickup line of all time. Oh, yeah. oh my God, I just had one the other day too. What did he say? He said, <laughs> um, "Oh, oh, I remember now. He was he was leaning against a fence and he said to me, I've been waiting for you here, baby.'" And I was like, "Holy <laughs> shit! I need just need to keep walking." He looks so creepy. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> okay, number four. Here we go. What is your hidden talent? Hmm. Hidden talent. Cooking. I love to cook. My God, everybody comes over to my house for me to cook all the time. It's hilarious. Ramon is actually here eating my pasta. <laughs> Fair enough. Awesome. All right, number five. Let's go. You know, what is your favorite childhood place ever? My favorite childhood place ever will probably have to be when my mom and dad would take me to the beach. I love going to the beach, and I guess that's probably how I started beach modeling because I just loved being on the beach. And Ramon really likes the beach, too. So when we started photoshooting at the beach, that, that was one of the parts of my career that really took off. It's a perfect match. And number six. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, you know, what is your celebrity crush? Crush? Who is your oh, celebrity man. crush? I mean, that's totally obvious. <laughs> uh, I love Johnny Depp. And wait, I love Robert Downey Jr. as well. God, they are both sexy. Oh, my God. One can come as my pirate oh. and one can be my Iron Man. <laughs> Unfucking believable Every girl loves both of them. Unbelievable. Okay, Lena. <laughs> Number seven in the last question before I let you go. Be awesome. Number seven. Favorite song to hear at a dive bar? At a dive bar? Hmm. Probably Journey. <laughs> Anything by Journey oh. is, is, is wonderful. <laughs> we have too much alike, Lena. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, awesome. Perfect. I mean, everybody always sings to that damn song, so it's fun. <laughs> Everyone thinks of Don't Stop Believing. Everybody thinks of that. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. That's hilarious. Perfect. All right, my friend. It's been awesome. It's been real. I'll let you go to your photo shoot with Ramon. Uh, give a shout-out. I'll leave the floor to you. Anything you want to shout-out, any Instagram accounts, anything like that, uh, please. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, so uh, Ramon Behind the Lens, exactly how that spells so just put together, um, is my awesome photographer's Instagram. Follow him. He has a few other accounts that you go on there as well that he has in his bio. And then for mine, it's Lena Sylvia. Sylvia is actually my middle name. Um, so that's why I changed it from my last name. I just had a little too many stalkers coming about. So <laughs> Fair enough. So that's Lena why I didn't Sylvia. tag you. Wait, wait, cut off. Lena, I'm so sorry. That's the reason why I didn't tag you in the post, because I didn't want anybody stalking to you. Utmost. So, <laughs> no, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. They can stalk <laughs> to Instagram, but nothing else. Like, I had to change my last name on a lot of other things, because from Instagram, they were going and they were trying to hunt down, like, my personal emails and and Facebook and things like that. So I was like, okay, I want to keep that all separate and more like for my family and just my Instagram is open to the public. So that, that part of my life, I don't care when it comes to Instagram. Um, cool. so my Instagram account is Lena Sylvia and it's S Y L W I A spelled the Polish way. Very cool. Awesome. So Lena, it's been an honor and a pleasure. You are awesome. Keep being awesome. <laughs> and I will talk <laughs> to you soon. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. I was truly an honor to be on this on your show um i know you really really love um doing this and you're really good at it. you have a wonderful voice doing this and i just do really really hope that you continue uh to follow your passion as well <laughs> oh you're amazing thank you so much lena i really appreciate it hi david thank you all right bye
Uh, my good friend Lena. Oh, she is awesome. So John Gunther and Lena, both two incredible guests on the show. Um, so now we are at the end of the show, and I, I kind of want to explain too. Um, now the, we're at the end portion of the show. I, I kind of want to explain and give an apology, not just an apology, but also I, I, I want to explain in depth exactly why Dream Elite went dark for two years. Why do I want to explain myself? Because you know, like I, I came at this crossroads where it's like you don't have to fucking explain anything to anyone. But also, you know, I, I, I do want to talk about it because when Dream Elite first started in 2012, we were bleeding money, absolutely bleeding money. You know, it, it was uh, you know 2012 was a rough a rough year because I thought there was no money in mixed martial arts or boxing and pro wrestling. So of course I went with marketing. And, of course, mixed martial arts, pro wrestling, boxing has always been my lifelong passion. But by 2013, that's when I went, went into the game. And I said, okay, instead of a marketing company, this is actually going to be a mixed martial arts company. And that's when I started becoming a wholesaler of, like, Bad Boy, Everlast, all these different companies. And I just wasn't making money from it, and I, I didn't know why. You know, from wholesale prices and all that fun stuff, it just – you know, it, it, it just wasn't making me a buck, it, it, and I was bleeding money, and, you know, it, it, it got pretty serious. It, it was on the, uh, the verge of going to bankruptcy, but I got more involved in the MMA community, and I started to go to events. And, you know, the MMA community was so good to me, and the MMA fans were so good to me. And everybody when, – when I started releasing my own gear, and I put my last eggs in that one basket to release my own gear – the MMA fans and the MMA community said, we're going to keep you in fucking business. We're going we're gonna to keep you afloat because you have to realize at this point when I started, you know, I quit my job in order to focus on building up this company. And I'll explain why a little bit later in this, uh, in this conversation. But you know, the MMA community kept me afloat. And by the holiday season of 2013, after I was releasing my, my blue MMA gloves, my, my first round of gear and T-shirts, I went into the green by January. I realized, wow, I recouped all that money. You know, I, I, I can go back to work again. I can – because you got to realize, too, while running a business, I do have a day job. You know, I, I, I do work for a living. Despite the fact of having a business, everything like that, I put my eggs all in that one basket, yeah, and I was making pretty good money. However, I still need to work. So the MMA fans and the MMA community kept me in business going into 2014, okay? So 2014 was a great year from an artistic standpoint and from a uh, development of gear standpoint. You know, I had factories uh, contracted, two factories, to make gear and to make T-shirts. And great factories, nothing against them. Business is business, and I'll get to that in a little bit. So what happened is – Simply put, it wasn't from a financial standpoint that Dream Elite, you know, I went, I went dark with Dream Elite. But I didn't feel that I can give you the best that you deserve because I owe you guys so much. I owe the MMA community so much. I owe the people that bought T-shirts or bought gear, bought MMA gloves, boxing gloves, shin guards. I didn't feel I can give you from a creative standpoint the best I had to give. Maybe, maybe it's because I'm very, very hard critic on myself. I'll explain to that in a little bit, but nevertheless, by 2014, uh, I, I think it was by September 2014, 
my grandma got very, very sick. She was actually sick with cancer. And this was devastating for me for, for a couple of different reasons. One, she babysit me. You know, she was a great lady. You know, we were great friends. You know, I loved her so much. Okay, she got sick. And that, that was, you know, I, I accepted it. She, she's an, she was an older lady. You know, I, I, can, I can grasp that scenario. Okay, so she got sick, you know, and she passed away by that December of 2014. Okay, so I'm definitely I'm fucking I'm grieving, you know I'm definitely upset about that. And then by January 2015, okay, and is still up and running, still going, everything going great. And then by January 2015, my dad says he has cancer. Okay, so cancer literally put on the sales glove and they snapped their fingers and they took away five percent of my family. Okay, so. Company's still going strong, everything going great. I'm I'm pretty much reeling from this news. You know, my my stepdad, greatest man I ever known. If I could be ten percent of the man my stepdad was, then you know I'll be definitely lucky in life. Sorry to get deep with you. Sorry to get philosophical with you, but you know this is how how we're gonna do this show. We're gonna we're gonna go deep a little bit. Besides having good vibes, we're gonna also have a little bit of like you know realism. You know, a little bit of uh, real vibes. So. Dad has is sick with cancer, okay? And then I enter into a relationship. And, you know, with all this going on, you know, I'm 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 dating somebody now or like going on dates with somebody. And that was a bad situation, which I'm going to explain a little bit later. So, by April, one week before my birthday, my dad passes away from cancer. So, I'm reeling from that. You know, from my grandma and my dad dying back to back. And then I go into a relationship where, you know, I, I realized that the girl I met was special and the girl I thought was super special. So I had I could either one start grieving, start doing my own thing and doing me and being selfish, or two, I can continue on and you know keep her because I didn't want to lose her. So I had to get my shit together really, really quick. So again, I'm hypersensitive towards you know. What comes about with that? So, continuing on, uh, Dane and Gal, um, and then we I decided I need a new change of pace because I was working for a different company, and the company, you know, was I, I would say not fulfilling in the way that I thought it was going to be fulfilling. I, I I didn't feel that I was being challenged creatively, so I decided to switch different companies. Where I went to a, a company in New York City on Park Ave, great company. You know, it, it was a new industry, so it was new knowledge to me. Two interviews, and I was hired. Perfect. Okay, but also on the back end too, I'm dealing with this relationship where she's hypercritical. You know, she's and she's dealing with her own shit. You know, keep in mind nobody's perfect. So beyond the scenes with family and all that stuff, she's dealing with her own shit. But again, I'm punching back. Okay, so you know. Quit smoking. Okay, great. I quit smoking. You know, put on some more weight. Okay, I put on more weight. You know, anything to make her happy. Okay, so fast forward. And it was a crazy relationship. So you know, trust me, both parties aren't innocent, but it's part of the story. Okay, so moving forward, I'm working with this company, and I'm dealing with my hypercritical girlfriend, who I'm sensitive at the time. So. And the reason I'm sensitive is because obviously cancer put on the Thanos glove and snapped 5% of my family away. So obviously I'm super sensitive to sound. And, you know, 
not, everything she does is right. Everything I do are, is wrong. I'm hypercritical on myself because I don't want to let my dad down, who's now – he has the best seat in the house. He's watching from afar. So dreamily, I decided to go with an entirely new layout, new gear, new custom gear, new event tickets, new website, everything. So I decided to start off from scratch. Podcasts, I get Doug Rosenami Yunez and Pat Berry and Daniel Cormier, um, Kobe Cummington, all these great stars. Frank Trigg was on my show. All these great stars were on my show. Uh, Bobby Lashley. And I go balls out as far as fucking marketing. And it, it works to a T. Making numbers, making those sales happen, and everything like that. You know, I'm doing free shit Fridays. Um, you know, I'm having a ball with it. I'm having fun with it. So we go to about 2016. I, w- I would say it's about March 2016. And I'm brought into the office, and they say, well, we're in financial peril, and we're going to have to uh, – we're going to downgrade you. And I'm like, no, that's not happening. And they're like, well, you're fired. Yep, so I was actually fired as the company was going under. So this was my employer, okay? So let, 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 let's do the tally, okay? Two family members die who are super close to me. Then company's going under. Then you have a gal you're dating who's hypercritical, even though she is super flawed and it becomes apparent later. You, you'll hear from me about that. And, and then the company goes under. It's like shit, you know? Like I had a new job in like 30 minutes. That's not a problem. But also I say, you know what? I can't control the company, but I feel really bad about it, and I'll take accountability. I, I, I can control with Dream Elite, but I'm feeling a little bit creatively stifened because of so much going on. But I'm still getting orders and everything like that, so I'm going to let it ride for as long as humanly possible. I can't control the fact that my family members are dying. So here's something I can't control. Why don't I compete in an MMA fight? Just do something for me for once. You know, Just do something that I enjoy. So you, know, you, you have a hypercritical girlfriend and everything like that, and you know she – I'm just trying to make her happy, and to be honest, you know, us having a good time was not making her happy, so obviously I, I said, okay, it's all my fault, definitely all my fault, so I decide that I'm going to go to the doctors, and I am um, – well, obviously I have ADD and everything like that, so I get prescribed Vyvanse. Vyvanse makes me 20 times worse, and I took it because I just wanted to make her happy, you know, so – and I figured it was all my fault and everything like that. I'll get later why that is. So took Vyvanse, made me fucking miserable, and then you know I'm working, and I feel like another spoke on the wheel. I feel like another gear on the clock. Vyvanse, which I'm taking, is not necessarily working. I fight my two fights. You know, both of them were great experiences. You know, coming back from a sport after seven years, super hard, but yet fought against a current champion right now. Unfortunately, I got caught in an armbar despite winning the fight. Second fight ended in a draw. So I'm like, I'm not getting lucky in MMA, and I'm not getting lucky in New York. It's no problem, though, because the experience is worth it. Then super critical girlfriend says, oh, you're neglecting me, and then I get dumped. My ass gets dumped. And this is not the first time. It's actually the second time because <laughs> – and we just had the crazy relationship, so I don't hold any grudges because, like, it's just, it was just a silly stu- – I, I just mark it down as probably the stupidest thing ever, but, like – I said, hey, I love you, and you're great, and you're awesome, and I, you know, you're you are who I envision someone I want to you know spend my life with, and then I get dumped the next day. 
<laughs> so she wasn't at that stage where she felt the same way. Perfectly fine. So um, fast forward. So I'm on this bullshit drug, which I, I got completely off of because I realized it wasn't helping me. I didn't even know why because I was diagnosed with ADHD. By 2002, I was diagnosed with it, okay? So uh, I'm working, okay? And I'm trying to work on Dream Elite, but no ideas are coming to me because I'm dealing with all this shit on the back end. Then I get another girl, and then, you know, that girl is perfect and everything like that. And, you know, I realized, you know, great gal. I wish she came before the gal I was with before and I, because it would have been perfect. But I, I realized, you know, it was turning to kind of like a rebound scenario. But this girl was fucking perfect and respected me. And she's listening. I love you. She's, she's great. And then I'm back in the same situation again where I'm just I'm feeling like shit with this one person. But now it's completely different because now I'm not, not, I'm not that weakling that was with I'm not that weak guy that was with her when we first started dating, okay? But I'm still also reeling too from all these different things. Company closing down, I, I couldn't control it. I wish I contributed more, and I feel really bad about that, and I take accountability for it. I'm taking accountability for all this shit with, with the gal. I'm taking accountability for my, my, my dad, for my grandma, all this shit, and with Dreamly got completely put on the back burner. You know, I I couldn't be in a place where I can deliver my best performances, and every time I got behind a computer, every time I tried designing stuff and getting creative, it just wasn't coming to me. And also, my factory was also fucking up orders, so I had to deal with that roadblock as well. Trust me, this whole blame game thing, at the end, you'll, you'll realize why I'm saying this, but back into a similar scenario with the, the old gal… But now it's a little bit different because now I'm like, now I'm present because she said I neglected her and everything like that, even though half of our relationship, she was traveling, babysitting, doing whatever. So it's complete. Our entire relationship was a big contradiction. Anyway, so, you know, for next year, we're dating in secret, whatever, blah, 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 blah. I'm trying to get my career back on track, which I land to a company that does get my career back on track. And I'm not another spoke in the wheel. Also... <laughs> I, for, I, I forgot to mention. So when, when, my, when my dad passed away, I, I shielded myself from all the people, all my support system, all my friends, everything like that. I let all the wrong people in. So the right people kicked out because I didn't feel comfortable. I didn't want to be a burden. I didn't want to burden anybody. The wrong people came right in. Guys like uh, a guy hired in BizFi. Uh, I mentioned the company. I'm sorry, but a guy mentioned in my old company, and he ended up, you know, I went to money, you know, I did whatever with him, and then instead of, you know, a, a guy like me who wanted to just help him, now I was his competition. Now I was his fucking competition. So naturally, you know, he quits the company and joins another company from a guy that walked out from that previous company, the company I was at. He walked out, and then, of course, my, my former friend followed him, turned his back completely on me, talked a lot of shit about me. You know, anyway, we're going <laughs> to get – sorry, it's a lot of shit I had to deal with. So – and trust me, this whole blame game shit comes to an end at this – because the moral of the story is coming soon, I promise. So um, all these factors 
all these things that came into my life that completely were distractions from what I'm passionate about and also made me negate my work and the things that mean the most to me. So the the gal, you know, we get one good month and, you know, we had an incredible month together. You know, she, I got to be the boyfriend I wanted without, you know, I got to focus on us as opposed to just focusing on me because she made the, the, the focus, the focal point completely on my flaws. But then I completely noticed her flaws. You know, I, I made all these changes to make her happy. She didn't drop one pound. You know, hair was always greasy. You know, like family, you know, I can Google, you know, it's just all this shit. Okay. So in, within that one month, you know, she, we had a romantic evening, if you know what I mean. And I blocked her on everything. Completely cut the cord. Boom. Old person from uh, my old company that shut down hired me. He's like, you know, I want you to, uh, to head up operations of my uh, new company. I want you to help build up my empire. Perfect. That ends that one thing. Okay, so that, that begins another chapter. So that's another closure to a, a dark chapter. And then the, the, the friend that dicks me over you know, he ends up divorced because he's cheating on his wife, and he ends up not being able to get a job. And this is a guy I want to help out because he just got a drug court. He's a childhood friend, just got a drug court. I wanted to be a good friend and help him out. And naturally, I paid the price for it. And I didn't want to be his competition. I wanted him better than me because that's what friends do. And naturally, you know, he wanted to be my competition. Now I had to turn my back on him. That ends that one thing, and that ends that one closure. He messaged me on Instagram. I said, do me a favor. How about you go fuck yourself? <laughs> Pretty much that end, that's closure for that chapter. So all these great things are happening. So once everything gets back on track, I'm done grieving the dad. I'm done grieving grandma, all that fun stuff. Things are back on track. I say, okay, now I need to reopen Dream Elite. I need to get back on track with Dream Elite. So from a creative standpoint, I felt completely freed. I, I was developing gear. I was making artwork. Everything was, was incredible. I, you know, I, I'm personally happy with the artwork, and the stuff I'm going to release later in the month is going to be awesome. Everyone's going to dig it. So you know, I, I want to – instead of – I knew where people did me wrong, and I know that it wasn't entirely my fault. But again, I, while things were going good, that's when I want to reevaluate myself and say, okay, you know, I, my focus is not on anybody else, not on the ex-girlfriend, not on the friend, not on anybody else. The focus is on myself now. Went to a doctor just to treat yourself. You know, I, I went to a spa, went to an arcade, went house shopping. Next, next spot to treat myself was going to a psychiatrist because I know not everything was their fault. But because of you know what happened, you know I I am paying attention to what they did. But now that I'm at a situation, I want to pay attention to what I can do better moving forward, especially from a boyfriend, husband, from a business owner, from a you know from a worker standpoint. I want to I want to pay attention to what I can do better as a person. Went to a psychiatrist and he's like, well, goddamn kid, do you have fucking bipolar? I'm like, really? I have bipolar. That's crazy. He's like, yeah, you were misdiagnosed. You definitely have bipolar. And and people have a weird connotation, a weird, a weird stigma when it comes to bipolar because bipolar does not mean, mean you're crazy. 
my biggest problem is I'm a harsh critic of myself. I can't sleep at night. I have a race of thoughts and ideas. Obviously, if you couldn't tell from this podcast, and I said, okay, you know, these are all these problems that I were na- I was never able to justify. Even going on Vivance to appease and try to be better for this gal who was hypercritical of me that had her own flaws, and I can rattle them off by name, even though I couldn't before because I was a giant pussy and I was kind of pussy whipped. I can rattle them off by name. That was just a weird fucking relationship. So um, now I have a name. Now I have kind of a – I have something to tie it to. You know, I can put a, a label on that jar and start finding solutions, which I have, all organic, you know, talking right, like I'm doing right now, talking about my issues, talking about problems, being, a, being able to be comfortable while being flawed. It's perfectly fine. We're all flawed. That's why I feel so comfortable being on this podcast, talking about all my flaws. It's perfectly fine. So, you know, it, it, the, the, the treatment that I had was not necessarily treatment. It, it just made me more confident in what I can hone in on to improve as a human being. And naturally, it's working like a charm. Life is going great. Life is beautiful. And now I'm in a spot in life to deliver you my best. Because since 2012, that's how I always felt is you deserve my best. There. <laughs> so glad I got that out of the way. Glad you know a little bit about me, the person that runs Dream Leap, because I never open it up, especially on any podcast in the last 21 episodes. But now I open up a lot about me, how all of these things, these trial and tribulations that I've dealt with since 2015 has led me to right now where now I can deliver you my best gear, my undivided attention, deliver you the best content, best in articles, best in videos, best in everything. And if you don't like it, no problem. It's okay. If I'm not your cup of tea, don't worry about it. You're pro- if, even if you're not my cup of tea, it's all good in the hood. We're, we're square. But now I'm in a position where I can be my best even on my worst day. So then every single day I can show you my best. Through Dream Elite and through uh, just being an uh, individual, being a human being, because that's what everyone deserves is to be surrounded by the best, and I want to be a part of that. And I don't have to be perfect. I just need progress. So there. That's my long explanation. Perfect. So now that we got that out of the way, I ranted for about 30 minutes, and I do appreciate if you're still listening. But that is going to end the show it's been an honor to be back on DreamLeapPro.com. It's been an honor to be a part of this podcast once again. And in two weeks, we'll have Chris Imperiali. We'll have a bunch of great guests on the show. Tracy Cortez, who is another prospect in the UFC. She's competing on the Contender Series, and I can't wait to talk to her. Also, her brother is going to be on as well, who's a prominent fighter. And that's going to be happening in two weeks, so check it out. And thank you very much for joining me. I hope you learned a little bit about me, and I hope to learn a little bit about you through DreamLeapPro.com. And I'll see you later. Thank you so much for joining me, and I will catch you later. Have a good one. Dream Elite Radio. Yeah. 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 Yeah.